0: This is Decarbonize the World
1: with Frank Deline, Solving the climate crisis while increasing profits in your business. Here's Frank. Thanks for joining me once again for my inspiring conversation with Corey Tyree, the president and CEO of Trillium Renewable Chemicals, a company that is transforming waste biomass into high quality chemicals that can replace fossil fuels. Corey, can you share with us some of the partnerships or collaborations that Trillium has formed to advance its mission of creating a more sustainable and secure chemical industry?
0: Yeah, I think that's where we're really strong. And I think this is, as we go to a more sustainable industry, I think one of the, you know, ask yourself, what's different in that world compared to the world that we've been in? I think the world that we've been in is sort of partnerships at arm's length. I provide you product, you buy it. I don't really get involved in the downstream supply chain activities. As you sort of migrate to a more sustainable supply chain, partnerships are crucial. You have to, Mm -hmm. the the end consumer, the the fashion retailer, the toy retailer, they have to understand their supply chain in a much greater detail than what they've been used to. Trillium is very strong on partnerships. If you look at who's invested in Trillium, he advanced materials building the world's largest carbon fiber plant right now in South Korea another investor in Trillium 125 year old German chemical marketer and distributor Helm AG those companies are both off takers or buyers of our product that they not only wanted to sample the product but they wanted to invest in the development of this technology that's the kind of strong partnerships you're looking for so I I think we're really really strong there we've also signed a letter of intent for an offtake agreement with Solvay, one of the largest chemical companies in the world, and so I think okay. I think we're particularly strong on the partnership aspect. Cool. What are Trillium's plans
1: for scaling its production in the future?
0: Yeah, so I, I think that in this industry there's there's some golden rules of scale up, and uh, as much as Trillium or others may wish they can break some of those rules, Frank. Um, right. These are the these are the rules. Build a pilot plant build a demonstration plant and then build a commercial plant and we're we are going to do all three. Right now we have okay. a pilot plant that's operating and we're going to build a demonstration plant later this year and our first commercial plant will be built in late 2025 early 2026.
1: Cool. How does Trillium balance the need for profitability with its commitment to sustainability? And you know, I maybe we should bring in a subject matter here too when we're talking about this Because with the implementation of ESG, I'm sure that must be helping you, the fact that you have a sustainable product.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I I think that, um, well, if you look at these end markets, how do you solve the problem? Well, the retailers and the finished product manufacturers, if you look at their supply chain, um, more than 80% of the carbon emissions are indirect. Or out of their control, so they've got mm-hmm. to to solve the problem. Reach down into the supply chain and address the problem at the raw material level. That's trillium, right? Right. Right. So, so I, I think people recognize this, and that's why you see many of our downstream partners uh, making scope three emission commitments. So they recognize mm-hmm. that. And to your point about how you balance these things. Let me give you an example of something that has to be balanced here. Um, Trillium can drive carbon emissions lower and lower, right? We have a benchmark carbon emission reduction target for our product. Um, That doesn't mean it's the lowest that it can go. We can do other things. We can buy blocks of solar energy. We can buy, Uh, green or blue ammonia, which is another raw material for us. We can go down to the farm level and incentivize agricultural techniques that drive the carbon footprint lower for our raw material, but it comes with a cost. So there's the benchmark, and then there's the maximum achievable reduction. Will customers, or how many of the customers, will support driving it to a net zero product we can get there i think that that's maybe the best example of the balancing act uh, that you're asking about right right so how does trillium measure the impact of its sustainable chemicals
1: on the environment
0: so we will have a full life cycle analysis we'll not only look at carbon footprint okay. but what we'll, we'll also look at water intensity water i think is always an issue and i think it will be mm-hmm. even a bigger issue going forward So we have targets for not only carbon, but also water. Um, Mm -hmm. And we have a benchmark target and we have a stretch target. And we have life cycle analysis that will be performed by independent parties from cradle all the way to grave for our product Uh, that Mm -hmm. that will show not only carbon, but also water and other aspects of our product. Excellent. What do you believe is
1: the future of sustainable manufacturing in the chemical industry? I,
0: I, think, I think there's going to be um, a, a wide range of solutions here. And I, I, um, although I certainly believe Trillium is going to be successful in a big part of decarbonizing our particular chain, um, I, I think you're going to see a lot of actions. I think you're going to see companies in the market today, for example, do the following. They're going to buy blocks of solar power. They're going to uh, generate steam from renewable natural gas. They're going to improve mm-hmm. the energy efficiency of their existing plants. They're mm-hmm. going to make e- incremental improvement to the existing plants. So I don't think the existing plants are going anywhere. So I think you're going to see those actions taken. Um, then I think you're going to see companies like Trillium come bring to the market a product that makes a step change, not an incremental improvement in the carbon footprint of the product, but a but a step change, and that requires the use of bio-based raw materials and green processes. So I think I, I wish there was a silver bullet, Frank, but I I think we're going to see a wide range of solutions deployed to achieve the carbon commitments.
1: Yeah, I I agree with you. Can you discuss any potential regulatory or policy changes that could impact Trillium's operations in the future from either a negative or a positive aspect? There's a lot, there's a
0: lot there, right? Um, You know, These raw materials, in our case, glycerin, what is is the true raw material? Glycerin, of course, not found in nature, right? What is it made from? Mm -hmm. Well, in the U.S., it's soybean. In Mm -hmm. Asia, it's mainly palm oil. In Europe, it's mainly rapeseed. What are the policies around the production of those agricultural feedstocks? If the development of those agricultural products proceeds in a way that's irresponsible, right, for example, with palm oil. Palm oil production led to widespread deforestation in Southeast Asia. Um, I right. think most of that's been stopped. There's been helpful uh-huh. regulations. There's been a nonprofit uh, institutions formed that protect and ensure against that. But we have to be careful that as these industries develop, that they're supported by policies and regulations that don't give some of these feedstocks a bad bad reputation. So policy is a key aspect of this. And I think what really matters is those regulations keeping pace with the development of the industry.
1: So what message do you hope Trillium's success will send to other companies in the chemical industry?
0: Um, That's a good question. Here's, Here's what I think the message is, Frank. Lots of businesses are built on the idea that the future is not going to look like the past. The past in this industry was a new product is successful only if it brings a unique technical or cost advantage. I don't think that's necessarily true in the future. Okay. And this is why people invested in Trillium because they believe that bringing to market a product with a unique sustainability feature has value. And the reason why they believe that is the end consumer, more than 50% of the end consumers in this particular market say that they will pay a premium for a more green product, right? Is that true or not? I think it is.
1: Well, sometimes you have a carbon tax that's added to products too, Um, you know, especially we see in Europe with cap and trade. That kind of, uh, you know, in my mind, that kind of offsets that additional cost that that may occur,
0: you know, in creating a sustainable product. Do you agree with that? Well, I think it can certainly help. And I think that, um, I think those kinds of, policy signals lead to faster action if they weren't there. Yeah. For example, Trillium's first investor based in Leuven, Belgium. Why was our first investor based in Europe? I suspect it ties closely to the, sort of the sentiment that, uh, that that that's derived from the policies that you're talking about. Um, right. so I think the Europeans are often the first movers. And I think that can have a sort of a uh, r- really create momentum for investment and in, in, in attracting these kinds of manufacturing plants and and further incentivizing them with economic development incentives. Why? Because they're afraid they're going to lose their existing plants, right? So, I, I, right. I think it absolutely has helped Trillium that, uh, that those kinds of policies exist in certain places in the world.
1: Great. I, w- I want to thank you for uh, your work that you're doing at Trillium. Uh, I think this is exciting people don't realize it's all the way down to supply chain, you know, that we have to work on reducing our carbon footprint. And, and I wish you success in, in what you do. And, you know, this kind of, this wraps up the questions I have right now. If there's anything you want to add, feel free.
0: No, uh, Frank, thanks for the opportunity. Really, really appreciate the questions. Felt like you, uh, the, the questions are right on the mark. And I appreciate the opportunity to share our answers with your listeners. Thank you
1: for being on our show. You bet. And you can find out more about Corey's work at TrilliumChemicals.com. And that wraps up another episode of Decarbonize the World. I hope you enjoyed the show. And if you did, make sure you take a second to subscribe so you automatically get my new shows when they drop. Also, if you have a minute, I'd love if you left me a review so more folks like yourself can discover the show. Until next time, take care. This has been Decarbonize the World with Frank DeLean. To connect with Frank and to learn more about clean energy, reducing fossil fuels, and increasing profits, go to frankdeline.com.
0: Decarbonize the World is a production of Advantage Audio.